This is Heavy Radio 63, Marco here, and we have an awesome guest this evening, Rob Sand. Rob Sand is the 33rd Iowa State Auditor. That's right, 33rd, right, Rob? I think that's so. right. You got it, man. <laughs> hey, everybody. So, yeah. That's always something that's interesting for me to think about when just like our whole history as a state, you know, you're one of, of 33 people right. that have done this job. Yeah. And you know what? Most people could name it tops. Maybe like even super well-informed people could name like four, four others, <laughs> which I, I always, I always like to keep in mind because it's like, you know, easy, people easily in this kind of work, as elected officials statewide, oh, you you know, people will tell you, oh, this is, you're important, what you're doing is important. You know, there's there's no important people, there are important jobs. <laughs> but, you know, 50 years from now, uh, 100 years, 150 years from now, nobody will know that I was doing this job at the time. So that's yeah, a good you, perspective for me to keep. <laughs> you'll, you'll never know, and we'll see what happens, but the... Uh... Yeah, I think a lot of the state level positions uh, are kind of like that. Like I, I was yep. in the last attorney general race against Tom Miller, and I found out, you know, quite a few people you go out and talk to around Iowa don't know the the duties of, of that office or many of the offices. So that that's always a good place to start is, oh, what, what, what is this office? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I guess why, why don't we uh, talk about that a little bit? What are your duties and sure. what is the state auditor? It's effectively the taxpayer's watchdog. So we look after the spending of tax dollars rather than the collection of them. Um, that's pretty much in keeping with what I was doing prior. So I was born and raised in Decorah, Northeast Iowa. Uh, grew up up there um, and uh, went to undergrad, went to law school. First thing I did out of law school was I was uh, a, a prosecutor at the attorney general's office. Uh, turned out uh, by the time I was there, I was uh, prosecuting most of the state's public corruption cases and going after, you know, state employees, local employees, uh, elected officials, uh, folks from both parties who had misused taxpayer money. And then uh, really kind of extended that work here at the state auditor's office now um, because we conduct most of the state's public corruption investigations. So I had um, I'd kind of had that prior, uh, but basically you could say I'm a decade in, uh, a little over a decade into uh, working on accountability for uh, insiders and people in positions of trust and power in society. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and a couple high-profile cases that came up along the way. Now, now you can say you're a co-author, right? Uh, yeah. Had this book come yeah. out this year, The Winning Ticket, Uncovering America's yep. Biggest Lottery Scam. Yeah, so for the uh, listeners out there, if you remember uh, Eddie Tipton, he rigged, he rigged a bunch of lottery tickets um, from about 2006 and then the case ended in roughly 2016, 2006 was when he first rigged the jackpot. So it was over a decade. Um, he, he was rigging jackpots for about, uh, eight years, I want to say. Um, and then, you know, it was finally held accountable as a result of the investigation and prosecution that I ran. Um, but the book itself, the winning ticket came out in May and it is the story of the investigation. And then a little bit more than that, 
because it's kind of interesting. You have this crazy story, right? This story involves, you know, a, a Belizean trust, these mysterious lottery jackpots that are getting won all over the country. Bigfoot hunters, like literally people who go out into the woods and look for Bigfoot, <laughs> I, all kinds I, of crazy stuff. <laughs> I have the book, but I haven't read it yet. I actually yeah. I read a lot, so my book stack. You do read is, a lot. Yeah. It's really, really. Yeah, I ran into you, or when we met the other last time we met. Yeah, we were playing, playing, uh, gathering plain some books, books for coffee. the library. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> but yep. yeah, so so I think I'm mostly through with those. Um, the Richard Pryor one was the last one I finished, but then uh, <laughs> this is getting next up. I think uh, I got a couple to go, and then it'll be next. But I did notice that uh, that Bigfoot hunter. Uh, what what uh, pretty, what's the story with stuff. those characters? <laughs> pretty wild stuff. Uh, so Eddie, one of the people I won't I won't spoil it too much, but yeah. some of the people who were related to the claiming of the jackpots were people who uh, knew each other because they believe in Bigfoot hunting. And <laughs> without spoiling it, that actually turned out to be one of the most important clues in us putting the whole case together. Nice. Because there was 10, 10 years apart, 10 years after someone had investigating a particular Bigfoot hunter related to a particular case, you know, that stuck out in his mind. Yeah. And so when we when when I came along, when I called him 10 years later uh, and said, Hey, you ever talked to so-and-so about a lottery ticket? He goes, Oh yeah, that's my Bigfoot case. <laughs> I'm like, your Bigfoot case. He's like, yeah, that's my Bigfoot case. Here's the story. So, I mean, the, I started writing this stuff all down. I, so growing up in Decorah, you know, my dad's family, he, he grew up there. His parents are there, his brothers and sisters, none too far away. We just spent a lot of time around my uh, around the uh, kitchen table, you know, eating meals and then after meals uh, with aunts and uncles and grandparents, just sharing stories. And I've got a grandfather, uh, I think, or, and a great grandfather and a good friend, you know, who just published little memoirs. You know, so they're spiral bound, but it's just stories of what happened in their life. And so I kind of grew up accustomed to the idea of, of sharing stories and in this case, as I was working on it, it got so strange that I started writing it down just kind of for posterity mm. and then hit a certain point where I was like, all right, this is a book. This is definitely <laughs> book worthy. And the winning ticket is the result of that. So you can you can buy it pretty much anywhere big books are sold. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, uh, I guess that's one of the the things that uh, traveling around the state of Iowa for campaigns and, and campaigning um, was really like a uh, a perk that I did not expect because I, I did grow up here. I was I was born and raised in Des Moines and went to school here and went to UNI. But uh, you know, we get to these parts of the state that are kind of off the beaten path, and that you know, a lot mm -hmm. of people maybe don't visit. Are there any things that uh, you've come across in your travels or sites that kind of stand out to you from uh, good into all the, all the counties, all 99. Oh, there's, there's so much. There's, there's like the castles in Ida Grove. You've been to Ida yeah. Grove before. Yeah. I was actually, like you go to, yeah, <laughs> uh, the like first you time I went to Ida Grove, I was doing some research on Harold Hughes, the former governor that we've, we've talked about a few times mm -hmm. now. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, no, the the castles are are definitely an interesting. Uh, yeah, Iowa I mean, people landmark. and people people are familiar with stuff like you know the old capital in Iowa City, Snake Alley in Burlington. Yeah, uh, you know the waterfront area in uh, in Dubuque. But I, I'm I'm typically I like I, I kind of tend to be attracted to the stuff that's just a little bit less anticipated or less known, like the castles in Ida Grove. Yeah. Just really interesting things. I've been to the highest spot in Iowa, way over in northwest Iowa. Um, I'm I'm blanking on where exactly it is, but that's funny too because it's just you do not. It's not like you climbed a big hill. Like you're just literally on like sort of a mound that is yeah. you know the highest elevation spot in the state of Iowa. Yeah have um, have you ever been to the burial mounds the mounds national many times park yeah many times because that's right over that's right one county over from where I grew up in Decorah. Awesome. Yeah, in fact, we used to go on the Mississippi over there go boating um, when I was growing up we owned a tiny little shack that was on an island in the Mississippi. It was probably 10 by 10 feet and it was on oil drums and then had a bunch of, a couple of cables to some trees on the island so that when the island flooded every year, it wouldn't float downstream it would just float <sighs> wow. and stay in roughly in place. And so we'd go, we'd go over towards effigy bounds on a regular basis to go, uh, go stay in our little cabin over there, a little shack. Yeah, that's it's a great part. Great part of the state. That's awesome too. And yeah, it is interesting the places that you you grow up around and kind of take for granted. Like when I was when I was really young, we went to like that fossil fossil gorge, and uh, oh yeah, um, I just like now going back as an adult, it's way more fascinating than than what <laughs> what I remembered as a kid, just mm-hmm. seeing these little things in the in the ground but not really understanding them yet but <laughs> it's a wonderful state to travel i mean and, I and maybe you know maybe that's true of every state but there are not uh, as it turns out there are not a lot of states that have as many like decently established small towns in e- in each county as iowa you go yeah. you go west of here and you go in nebraska the dakotas kansas it is few and far between out there and you don't have the same variety of terrain that we have. I mean, I do, I do really think that this is a special place. Yeah. And the history is like, so, uh, so kind of uh, deep that you can find, like I was in Washington, Iowa for um, their Juneteenth celebration. And there I learned about this town called Buxton, Iowa. Have you ever heard much yeah, the of the coal mining of that? town? Yeah. yeah. I just, and you know, I bought a book about it and uh, you know, if not for someone uh, having family ties and, and wanting to take the time to write about that, it's like something I never would have mm-hmm. would have heard about. So yeah, all kinds of fascinating stuff like that. And uh, yeah, another thing that I think about too is sort of campaigning and having this disconnect between like um, what, you know, what a lot of people are talking about political wise and then what it's like when you actually go out and talk to Iowans and uh, Mm -hmm. like, it's so, so night and day different. Like, I don't think I've really had, you know, uh, many 
bad encounters. Like maybe there was times that people didn't see eye to eye or whatever, but it definitely, uh, it's so weird when you actually get out there and travel around the state. I, I was wondering if there's some, uh, some things that come to your mind, maybe that you think would improve the functioning of uh, politics in our state or in our, our country. Oh boy. Well, I mean, I think you're, you're right that most people can get along with each other fairly well. And then we look at politics and it just seems like it's constant fights. And, you know, I think the re the, the main reason is we have a two party system and, when we pretend that there's only two ways to think, when we pretend that there's only two choices, it becomes a lot more like sports where you've got two teams fighting. And <laughs> if, if, if something happens, it's good for one team. It must be bad for the other. And you wouldn't want anything to happen. that would be good for the other team because it'd be bad for you, but that's not actually reality. Um, and it's not the way the real world works. Most Iowans are super hospitable. Even people who think, you know, they may not get along. Once you start talking, you find areas of agreement. And then people who think that they're going to agree on everything find areas of disagreement. Our fundamental problem, <laughs> and this isn't just Iowa, yeah. I think the fundamental problem is, is the idea that we pretend that, you know, you have to be either one or the other. And that we only, you know, we force, we tell independents, independent voters, that they don't have an equal right to participate in primaries. And then in the general election, we force everyone to basically just a single choice in the lesser of two evils. And, and, and there are ways past that. If we would change those things, I think we would get much better outcomes. Yeah, I, I feel very similar, come from a similar place and, and I've learned uh, the hard way that even when you do participate in, uh, you know, the multi-party system, that's the reality, you know, you still mm -hmm. run up against those same same problems. So it's like, I think there's a lot of small steps that'll be small improvements. And then, uh, you know, hopefully it just at some point starts trickling down and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, can we have a much more functional, uh, functional systems that everyone feels comfortable participating in? That would be, that would be something. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a, a must to do. Yeah, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get into our heavy radio sixty three tracks. We'll have them on Spotify and YouTube with Rob Sand, and we'll we'll keep our conversation going as we kind of weave in and out of these. And I I'll start off the playlist. The band I'm going with is Saul. They uh, actually went with all Iowa bands since we got the state of Iowa auditor on here and. Uh, <laughs> Saul, they're from Sutherland, Iowa. They formed in 2007. This track is called Rise as Equals, and it's from their album, Rise as Equals. Uh, Sutherland is in O'Brien County. Uh, do you ever recall passing through there, Rob? It's, uh, I guess their population was 629 during the 2020 census. So I think this is pretty interesting that, you know, this band... Uh, formed out of such a small, uh, small little place in Iowa. I love that. And apparently Sutherland was laid out in 1882. That's the other interesting thing about Iowa is we've had so many of these counties for so long. And then some of them, um, some of them persist and some of them dwindle down to, to, you know, almost yep. nobody. That's the interesting part. Uh, 
Sutherland was named after the Duke of Sutherland, which is um, interesting. I never heard of that, but <laughs> but uh, I don't know really. I couldn't find out what the connection was there. Apparently, uh, there must have been a family connection or someone really just liked uh, liked that title. But, <laughs> but yeah, so. so Saul with Rises Equals, Crank It. And uh, Rob, what is your first track for the Heavy Radio playlist? So since you are going with all Iowa artists, I'm going to call an audible all and right. add at least some Iowa artists in on my list. Sure. Uh, a really easy place to start here is a guy that I've been listening to since I was in high school. Actually, he is from Almakee County, Lansing, right by Effigy Mounds that we were talking about. And he's a great blues musician. His name is Joe Price. He's in the Iowa Blues Hall of Fame. I'm actually really excited uh, to, to see him uh, playing in a couple of weeks here. Um, he just, he, you know, he would play in Decorah every uh, Christmas. So you'd, go on, you'd spend Christmas morning with your family, and then you'd go out to T-Box on Christmas, the night of Christmas on the 25th, and see Joe Price and all your friends and neighbors and everybody have a good time. Awesome. I've seen him play all over the state, and he's just – He's a joy to watch, uh, just a guy with a guitar in his lap, singing songs and, and slapping his foot on the ground. Um, and one of my favorite songs by him is a song called, I Don't Know Why I Said Goodbye. And so I picked that one because when you listen to the lyrics of this song, it's, it's, a, it's a story of regret, um, which is, can be a scary thing. We all have to live our lives and make choices, big choices, not knowing what it is that's on the other side of that choice. And the story that he's telling in the song is one of having made choices that led him away from a time that he was happy into a time where he isn't. Uh, certainly a heavy topic. So that'd be my first pick. Awesome. Yeah, Joe Price. I don't know why I said goodbye, adding to the playlist and uh, yeah, Iowa seems to be pretty, you know, welcoming and have a history of, of a lot of different genres of music, too. Um, I actually used to work at uh, Iowa Public Radio, KUNI, with Bob Doerr, who uh, is no also, I think, in the in the same Hall of Fame. Yeah, Bob Doerr band. As bet. Joe Price. And uh, um, it was an awesome experience and there's a there's an awesome blues venue where that my dad would take me to in Des Moines the blues on grand blues on grand I used to there go anymore, there for the open jam a, night yeah there is a gas lamp uh, the venue yeah. there now is called the gas lamp so it's it it uh, has some of the same same vibe but uh but yeah no there would be amazing blues players stopping by there constantly so I definitely miss miss that um but yeah awesome uh the next the band I'm adding to the playlist here is a band called Knucklehead and the track is called Spark of Hell they are based out of Cedar Rapids Iowa and I know one of their members uh, is from Des Moines I believe uh, but they have a music video you can check out for this track and I actually, I, I work in corrections at the 
women's prison in Mitchellville and I take people in and out of hospitals. And I just happened to walk by on duty one of this, uh, this band's members, Polly, um, the other day. So it was just a random thing, but made me think, hey, I'll see what they're doing. And they got a new music video and they played their song on Rock 108 recently. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think they're setting up their first gigs. So be on the lookout for that. It's Knucklehead with Spark of Hell. And what is the next track you're adding to the playlist, Rob? Uh, I will go with another Iowa artist. If you don't know Greg Brown, you should, everybody. Um, he's a folk singer, folk country. Um, his songs are so good. His, his songwriting is so good that even though he is still not only alive, but still making new music, there have been tribute albums recorded to him with people like Reba McIntyre and uh, Willie Nelson recording his songs, singing his songs. So that's how good this guy is. Yeah, um, that uh, that's pretty impressive already. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he's not a well-known name, but he's an Iowan through and through. And I've seen him play a bunch of times too. He's great. I could, there's a ton of tracks really that I could pick for him but I want to pick one called Lord, I have made you a place in my heart. Um, I, I'm, I was raised Lutheran. I'm a Christian. My faith is an important part of my life. Um, but I think that it's easy, easy to forget sometimes that by definition, you have faith when you sort of lack proof, if that makes sense. Um, the idea of that word, the definition of that word is to believe in a thing, right? Um, and, and this song feels like it is about someone who believes and yet doesn't know if they welcome that kind of love or that kind of uh, spiritual existence. And it's pretty heavy. It, 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 I, was, I was lucky to be raised uh, in a family where the people around me had wonderful loving parents, wonderful loving family, uh, where I learned to, you know, be comfortable in my own skin. And there's times when I listen to this song when I wonder if it's from the perspective of someone who wasn't uh, that fortunate, who doesn't know if they're worth that kind of love, when the truth is fundamentally everyone is. Um, and that, you'll see here I'm with some of the, my other choices, one of the things I really love about music, Marco, is the ability to hear someone else's story and to come to understand maybe someone else's perspective through the story that they're telling in their music. And I think the song does a good job with that. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. It's like, it's, I think you can relate to so many so many more people than, than some people think that they can. And music is definitely uh, mm -hmm. one of the art forms where I think that's very apparent. Like uh, there's artists where I wouldn't think, you know, maybe we don't have much common ground, but then all of a sudden one of their lyrics just hits me. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, a phenomenon that I've, I've experienced as well. And uh one thing that I actually thought was interesting um, in coming across uh, 
the life of former Iowa Governor Harold Hughes is he was probably one of the politicians in Iowa that was just uh, very willing to talk about uh, religion and spirituality yeah. and, you know, the, even the, the good and the bad uh, of all of it, the good, the bad and the ugly and, um, and still managed to be like you know, a very non-judgmental person and just yeah it seems like uh he was quite the individual that really broke the mold like you couldn't really pigeonhole him in some sort of stereotype he's it was just uh yeah just something that that i always thought about because um you know there's so much um so much that seems like sort of pandering to certain religious groups or certain powers or wealthy, you know, wealthy folks that it's always interesting to see someone that just feels really genuine when they talk about, you know, those kind of topics. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, music is definitely one way uh, that uh, you can have a very powerful magic. <laughs> I think Tom Absolutely. Petty said it, Tom Petty said something like, um, you know, the closest thing I've ever experienced to magic is, is when I'm playing music. I believe that. <laughs> I believe, yeah. I believe that Tom Petty said that. And yeah, I mean, I think it is, it's one of the easiest ways to connect with someone you've never met before. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's one of the reasons we've had success with this format and has really been, uh, gone above and beyond what what we expected we've actually had uh an, an iowa a few iowa musicians on here but william elliott whitmore was one oh, yeah. um, that i was always a huge like if, if i just think of musicians on the planet he's always uh one one that gets near the top of my list of, of favorites and uh also just someone that seems just so the the genuine article and uh uh, but yeah, no, another, I would say a treasure of Iowa, one of our many great musicians and uh, uh, next track I'm adding this band is called Ghost Ship and their track is called Assassin's Creed. They're from Sioux City, Iowa, and they actually have a gig coming up Saturday, August 6th. Uh, it's at 7 p.m. and they're playing at Jolly's on the River, a cool riverside venue on Sioux City, Iowa. Thanks. So, yeah. yeah, and um, I think this song is actually, uh, it appears to me to be inspired by the video game Assassin's Creed, but these are, <laughs> uh, these are some cool, uh, cool musicians that I've come to look up to um, coming from Sioux City and uh yeah definitely a cool venue too I love when there's uh, a venue that's right on the river so yeah if you get a chance if you're in that neck of the woods check out Jolly's when Ghost Ship is rocking there that sounds great yeah what's uh what's your next track Rob so I will stick at least for the time being with Iowa artists uh Greg's Brown daughter Greg Brown's daughter is named Pieta Brown and she is uh, a fantastic musician and songwriter in her own right. I mean, just really understands the craft and writes, writes beautiful music. Um, 
I like her. I really like her song. Remember the sun again on the idea of heaviness, you know, um, you know, one of the, 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 the chorus is remember the sun almost in a way that's like, you know, saying like, look, you know, one of the other lyrics, when the weight of the world is getting so heavy, you know, remember the sun. And the idea is that you're trying to, um, you're trying to just put yourself in that moment where, you know, you feel the warmth of the sun and everything kind of fades away and feels more comfortable, at least for a little bit. Uh, it's a great song by a great Iowa artist. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Iowa in particular, whether it's the no matter what season it is, I think uh, you you uh, ex have you experience that if you've been walking around any of our our trails uh, when the sun's coming up or when it's going down. And uh, yeah, I actually really like to just find some some path that I haven't uh, haven't explored much and take a book and go and kind of get lost and get through as much of the book as I can. And there's a lot of awesome places to do that in Iowa. Yep. My, uh, my next track is this band actually just played at Woolies uh, here in Des Moines. The band is called Druids and this is Dance of Skulls from their 2022 album Shadow Work. And they actually, they're from Des Moines originally, and they're, they're a trio, so a trio of musicians. Um, and it's definitely heavy, but there's some really uh, beautiful soundscapes that they come up with. And um, the, this latest album was actually... Uh, sort of a tribute to Carl, is it, J I forget, I always forget how to say this name, Young or Jung, J-U-N-J, oh, yeah. J, yeah. psychoanalyst, yeah, Carl Young. Um, so a pretty interesting, uh, The this one reviewer called it a riff-laden journey through the subconscious. Um, but yeah, no, they just had a great show here the other night. And uh, this is a really, uh, thought-provoking, uh, heavy, and beautiful album. It's Druids with Dance of Skulls from their album Shadow Work. And what is the next track we're cranking, Rob? All right. I am reaching way back on this one. <laughs> when I was in high school, so I graduated 2001, uh, right around the same time, there was this band from, I'm pretty sure Cresco. There's a part of me that wants to say Calmer, but I'm pretty sure it's Cresco, uh, which is one town over in the other direction. So you got Joe Price uh, over in Lansing to the east of Decorah. And then you got Cresco and Howard County over to the west. And this band, Rearview Mirror, uh, signed a huge like record contract um with like a major i don't remember which record company with a major record company it was guys that were like basically my age uh, i got to know one of them a little bit um but it was really cool to see them as these guys from iowa with their rock band like just i don't know like taking off it was it was very exciting and um 
I think we ought to play their song in the beginning. Yeah, and it looks like it is Cresco, Iowa, is where they found. And in the beginning, rearview mirror. It looks like they have some footage captured from a concert in Olwine, Iowa. Nice. (laughs) So, yeah, it, it is an interesting place to. I grew up playing music here and played quite a bit around the Midwest. And yeah, there's a lot of interesting venues that kind of take on the, uh, basically take on the character of whatever the artist is playing there on any given night, because most venues in Iowa do just have, you know, a wide variety of, of genres playing, you know, in a single week, um, let alone throughout the year. Um, yeah, that's great. We will add this oh, rear view. And I just, track. I just found it here. It was Steve, Steve Lillywhite was the guy that discovered them. He had worked with Morrissey, Talking Heads, and U2. And then he finds this band from Cresco, Iowa, <laughs> and, 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 and puts them on the map. Pretty cool. Yeah, and that, that's always interesting to me, too, how the types of connections you can make playing music, whether it's, you know, an indie band that's not super known or, uh, you know, some huge artist that, that is still interested in, in finding, you know, people that that aren't as well known as them so yeah that's that's a pretty fascinating uh, bit of iowa music history there and uh, i i am closing out the playlist with uh, a group that is playing they're playing at the gas lamp which was formerly the blues on grand august 2nd so coming up this next week um, it's telekinetic Yeti, and there's a uh, Yeti Bigfoot. We've had all kinds of uh, <laughs> that's amazing, yeah. <laughs> Bigfoot no hunters, telekinetic uh, but Yeti. telekinetic Yeti is a. Is this is actually a two piece. Uh, this track is called Ancient Nug, and their album is called Primordial that you can get right now on TP Records. It came out this month. Uh, their latest album. It's Alex Bauman and Rockwell Hyam on drums, Alex Bauman on guitar and vocals. So another interesting thing uh, is just you got two people making all these sounds um, in telekinetic Yeti. Um, Yeah, and they're playing here. Oh, they also have a really cool music video you can check out for this track, Ancient (laughs) Nug from Telekinetic Yeti. And... uh, yeah, what, uh, what is uh, the track you're going with here, Rob? So we did, let's see, I did Joe Price and the Brown Family and Rearview Mirror. I am going to branch out here outside of Iowa uh, into two songs that are very different but very heavy in a similar way. And they are... One of those lives by Brad Paisley, who's probably my favorite country artist. And then uh, I think it's Tightrope by a a hip hop uh, artist called Brother Ali. Oh yeah. And uh, and here's the thing, the reason I wanna choose them both are these are obviously two very different artists, uh, two very different um, kinds of music. 
but these songs are very similar. Um, they're telling the stories of some of, of some people who are living lives that are just, it's the kind of thing that you hear about, you hear the song and you think, boy, I've got it good. And they are really uh, strong reminders of just how tough some people have it, which I think is a really good thing for all of us to remember. Because uh, all of us, you know, we all have our own struggles and we all get down on our own lives and down on ourselves and, and struggling with whatever it is that we are experiencing that's heavy. But boy, these songs, you want heavy. I mean, listen to the lives that they're describing. Um, it's, it's, it's heavy. It's very heavy. And yet it's the kind of thing that really just sort of can help you hit a, a reset in your life when you're experiencing something that you think is heavy. And then maybe it's not by comparison when you need to listen to these songs. So I don't know if I'm allowed to uh, add you two, are. but I'm, yeah, but I'm you, adding we two. Can, I'm adding we two. Break. We always, <laughs> always break the rules. And yeah, my, my Iowa picks were an audible myself. And uh, all right. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think, um, you know, when I was a teenager, I pretty much fit right in with those uh, metalhead characters on Stranger Things, like Metallica and Black Sabbath was my, mm -hmm. were my uh, heroes. And now when you play music, especially in a place like Iowa, and, and before I was in corrections and financial crimes, I worked security for concerts and venues so between that and playing bass uh, as as the particular instrument um mm -hmm. i think it's helped me really not be more of an artist by artist person than than a genre person like there's definitely um you know bass guitar is kind of the the same it's either you know an upright bass or it's electric but it's uh i can appreciate whoever's laying it down no matter what the, yeah. the genre is and then same with working like security somewhere in the uh, random venue in iowa and i didn't know the artist or it's an artist i wouldn't have necessarily seen on my own and then it's an amazing experience so so i think both really those is. things kind of helped me um not be so much of a I don't know what they call it, elitist or gatekeeper, if you will, to one one kind of music or something. But yeah, no. Yeah, those... I agree with that. I always feel like I'm much less concerned with, I mean, I care about what the music sounds like. There's some stuff that I just don't, I, I do struggle a little bit to get into, but what what resonates for me, what makes music something that I want to listen to is is when somebody has a story, when somebody has something they have to say. Like this person has something they want to say. And typically whether or not I agree with it is uh, even less important than, the, than like the authenticity, the realness of what it is that they're trying to get across. And I kind of think you can tell the difference between those that do and those that don't. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, another thing that I've learned uh, the hard way is how hard it is to to kind of uh, keep moving forward as an artist and keep, you know, keep doing it, keep putting out new, new stuff. And especially when, you know, these phases of, of inflation and gas prices, it's like, uh, it's really hard to, to travel and, and hone your craft and play and, 
you know, it, it's so it's impressive yep. to me, just the people that are so passionate or care so much about it that they they keep doing it no matter what what life is is throwing at them. So, yep. but yeah, no, it's uh, it's been great talking to you. And uh, thanks for coming on Heavy Radio. This is Heavy yeah, Radio 63 me. with Rob Sand. Uh, Iowa State Auditor and definitely check out uh, the winning ticket and see what's going on with these Bigfoot hunters here.